Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. One verse in Matthew chapter 4, a very important verse. And then we're going to go back to Proverbs chapter 4. And we're going to spend the majority of the morning looking at some things that Solomon shared with his children. Of course, we're in the fourth week of a series that we've entitled, Let's Talk About Wellness. And it uh, seems like the whole world's talking more and more about wellness as we assess, you know, some of the things that happened during the pandemic and we're trying to look for normal or a new normal. And, and then there's still some challenges that seem to be coming on the horizon. And, and somewhere we're all, you know, in that individually, as a family, in our businesses, etc. And we're all looking for wellness. Well, God talks a lot about wellness, actually. It's a pretty big subject in the Bible. He's not shy about it. He makes some really bold and really definite promises about wellness. And he talks about wellness in terms of health and prosperity. But we found out that the word health in the Bible is not just limited to physical. It's talking about every area of who you are, your spirit, soul, your body, and your relationships. And the word health just means soundness. It means everything's intact and everything is, is, is functioning the way it's supposed to be. And then the word prosperity is not what most of the time we think here in America. It's not limited to cash flow or stuff. And the word prosperity broadly in the biblical context means to be able to move forward, to not be stuck or stalemated anywhere, but to have whatever it is that you need to keep moving forward so your life keeps blossoming and unfolding. And God promised in 3 John chapter 1 verse 2, he, he, he has John to pray this prayer that he said, Beloved, I pray that you would prosper and be in health, but here's the hinge, as your soul prospers. And so we found out that in God's wellness plan, it all starts from the inside and then flows to the outside. But we spent a lot of time validating those things. Are we just making this up? Is that just kind of, we, we want to think that because it feels better, you know, in a, in a funner relationship with God. And we found out, nope, it's a fundamental principle with him. In fact, wellness is God's idea. And for you to be able to really understand that is vital because once you understand that wellness was God's idea, he started it and he's gone to great lengths to communicate it and to set up this supernatural system so that you and I can can receive from and we can experience wellness even when the cultures and the contexts of the world are twisted and drying up. Our life doesn't have to do that. We can continue to flourish because of what the Word of God promises us. But you have to really get that cemented down on the inside and see it from the Word of God because when you do, you'll begin to realize you don't have to beg God for wellness. You don't have to plead for wellness. You don't have to bargain with him. You don't have to say, I promise I'll never do this. And I promise I'll always do that. None of those things are necessary. What you do have to do is to humble yourself and surrender yourself into an intimate relationship with him. And as you do that, the Bible said that wellness will flow to you. In fact, that was the, one of the climaxing points in, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount was, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all of these other things that everybody else in the world is struggling and strategizing. How do we get that? All of these other things will come flowing to you. So we've been studying about wellness. Well, last week we turned a corner and we talked about the importance of us recognizing the purpose of wellness. 
And there's three different primary purposes listed in the Bible. The first one is God wants his children to be well because he wants you to know how much he loves you. It's really important for God to know that that you understand he's not an absentee father. He's not neutral about this. He doesn't have this plan that once we get to heaven, it's going to be great. But for right now, it's just not. It's kind of a struggle. And God wants you to know that he loves you. And part of the way he confirms that is by bringing this wellness to your life, making sure you're healthy and you're moving forward in the areas that he's created you to move forward in. The second purpose for wellness is so that he can confirm that he's faithful to his covenant or to his commitments, or we could call them promises. God wants you to know that you have a heavenly father that's not a promise breaker. He's a promise keeper. And he's not one that just tosses out these flowery promises because it'll make you happy and make you feel, you know, good in the moment. But really, you know, there's all this fine print and he probably won't do that or he'll do it, you know, at, it kind of arbitrarily, like I'll do it for you, but I'm not going to do it for you. God wants us to be super confident that our heavenly father has integrity. He wouldn't promise something if he didn't fully intend to deliver on that. And we can go to him and we can know, first of all, that he loves us. But even if you're not sure how he feels about you, you can look at a promise of God and say, but I know he will never break his word. He's trustworthy. And I can lean on that promise. Those are really important. And those are the first two, two purposes of wellness because that's what starts wellness on the inside. Can you imagine what your life would be like if you knew that you knew that you knew? Nobody could talk you out of this that God loves you. I mean, he loves you passionately, thinks about you all the time. You're like his little boy or his little girl that God loves you. What, what if you knew on top of that, that God was faithful to his word? And if you said it, wow, man, that, that's a promise. Then you just can rest easy because you know God keeps his promises every single time. Never breaks one promise. God is faithful. What if you really knew that on the inside? Can you imagine how different life would be? Can you imagine how different your thinking and your processes? Can you imagine how different your prayer would be? How different your worship would be? Well, really, that leads us to the third purpose is the third purpose of, of God flowing wellness is to advance his kingdom. And if he can get his children to begin to understand how much he loves them, if he can get his children to begin to understand how much confidence they can have in the faithfulness of God to his word, then the praises of his children just begin to roll out. And they have no problem telling people, you don't understand God. I'm telling you, man, he's really good. He's not this, you know, harsh God up in the sky just trying to zap everybody. He's quite the reverse. He's so tenderhearted. He's so gentle. He's so sensitive. He's so generous with his kids. I'm telling you, he's a good God. And when you begin to do that, other people who are desperate for answers, they're saying, well, then can you help me to meet him? Can you help me to understand that this is the whole kingdom plan, the whole strategy is that God's people are living such a wonderful life in Christ, not saying there's no challenges, but overcoming challenges, finding answers to it, and somehow moving right down through the middle of what God's plan is, not scrambling and, you know, and frustrated and, and, and depressed like everybody else, but moving right down the middle with confidence. This is God's plan. This is what gets the world's attention to say, how are you doing that? And you can point them right back to this incredible, miraculous God. Well, today we're going to look at something else. And we're going to look at the importance of us 
protecting God's purposes. God wants this to happen inside of us. First and foremost, he wants to convince you with his kindness and with his wellness that he loves you. He wants to convince you you can depend on him. You don't have to look at the Bible and say, oh, I wish that that were true. If God said it, it's true. And he wants to convince you of that so that he can begin to raise the level of joy and raise the level of confidence so that you'll begin to more freely praise him, more freely give him his credit and give him his due. And so it's important that we learn to understand and then protect these purposes. And, uh, and this is where we're going to go to Matthew chapter 4 to get started. Now, if, if you still haven't got there, I'd love for you to get there if you can, if you brought a Bible. And while you're getting there, let me just kind of tell you uh, a little bit about my personal journey in wellness at this stage of my life. Sometime during COVID, uh, it kind of snuck up on me. I didn't really see it. But sometime during COVID, I began to realize that I was opening the Bible more often than I ever had, spending more time reading and, and studying and digging through, you know, kind of looking for some deeper insight and truth. But, but I, at some point I realized that a lot of this that I was doing was in response to some cultural crazy and, well, what does the Bible say about that? It was in response to some of the pastoral uh, oversight that I have, you know, with not only with our church, but with some other churches in the area and, and trying to help them to think through some stuff. And it was in response to trying to make sure that I was keeping up with the rapid pace of teaching. And some of that teaching became more complex and more weighty because of what was happening in the culture. So here I am and I'm, and I'm studying and I'm preparing all these things to lead meetings and to, to walk people through things and, and to deliver messages. And at some point I realized the word of God is passing through my head, but it's not getting down into my heart. And as I began to, well, really the reason I began to realize that because the Holy Spirit began to convict me. And he began, listen, I I appreciate what you're doing in their studying and you're doing great there, but you can't just let it pass through your head. You've got to get it down into your heart. I was doing more research projects and those kind of things. Now, it, it it was sincere. It was authentic. But just the demand was so complex and so fast that I found myself just for speed and, and for accuracy, I was kind of shallowing things out. And the Holy Spirit began to convince me. And some of you might be thinking, well, okay, I, I, you're splitting hairs here. I don't get it. If you're in the Bible and you're studying, you're looking for what God's Word said, what's the difference? And I'll tell you why. Because if it's just passing through your head, you can be formulating more knowledge and more insight But if it's not getting down into your heart, it's not feeding your spirit. It's not cleaning the inside of you like the Bible says it's supposed to. It's not really keeping you hydrated in in all of those things that's necessary. And so the Holy Spirit began to talk to me about it. And of course, I knew he was right. And I, I repented and, and I, I begin making a turn and I'm setting my rhythms. I'm still, you know, trying to get back to not just where I was, but where I need to be in today's dynamics. Uh, but I've set a course and I'm headed back there just as quick as I can. Now, I, I told you that story because this is exactly what Jesus was leaning on, this understanding of the importance of the Word of God and time with the Holy Spirit getting down to the deepest part of who you are, not just being a mental exercise, but something that happens deep in the, in the deepest part of you are, that's what he's leaning into when he's on, on a mountain and he's fasted for 40 days and the enemy is testing him to see where are you willing to compromise. Of course, the enemy didn't find any compromise in him. 
But one of the first things, he'd fasted for 40 days and the hunger was beginning to return to him. And the enemy came and said, okay, so if you really are the son of God, then you should have no problem turning these rocks into bread and then you can nourish yourself because you've been fasting for 40 days. You need food. And here's what Jesus said to him in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, if you take that term bread, you can follow it throughout the scriptures, Old Testament to New, and you'll find out that in every case, either literally or in, in a picture, an example, an illustration, a metaphor, it always represents natural food or food of some sort. And here Jesus is talking about the fact that our physical body has to have food aside from water. Food is the primary thing that our physical body needs in order to survive. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows without food, our body will die to the point that we often exaggerate our hunger, right? You're super hungry. You say, I'm starving. No, no you're, you're probably not. I mean, you can go a long time without food, right? But we say, you know, because we really want to emphasize, my body, I'm starving, I'm starving. But because we understand this, but Jesus is helping us to understand as much as physical hunger is a reality, and everybody makes plans. Sometimes they're regimented, sometimes they're extravagant, but everybody makes, everybody makes plan every day to get their nourishment, whether it's actual meals, or you got your protein shakes, or you got little protein bars, or your smoothies, or whatever it is. Everybody leans towards and every day makes time, makes an effort to make sure that their physical body is getting food. But Jesus is trying to help us to understand here. As important as that is, and it is important, it's even more important that we understand that our spirit, the deepest part of us, our spirit is desperate for the word of God and time with the Holy Spirit every day. Every single day. In fact, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 14 says that our spirit is what sustains us through infirmity. Our spirit's what sustains us through these really hard times, these challenges in life. It's the spirit that rises up. You've heard medical uh, doctors say things like, they just had this incredible will to live. That's a spirit that rises up and says, nope, I'm not going to let this infirmity overcome me. You've seen people that have this incredible will and determination. They're tapping into something that's deep, deep, deep. And the Bible says it's our spirit. But here's the reality with so many Christians we're expecting our spirit to rise up and to give us the confidence and to give us the, the, the wisdom and give us the insight and give us the ability to withstand temptation and challenges, except for the fact that we don't feed our spirit. Most, uh, most of the time, that's a big statement. Let me back it up. Many, many Christians live for long periods of their life and their spirit is so malnourished. They barely get a little snack once a week. They barely get a sermon or two, like one meal, and then they fast the rest of the week. And yet, they're relying on their spirit to be, to be what, you know, kind of undergirds them and fuses through everything and makes everything else work. And Jesus is accentuating the point and saying, listen, as much as your physical body is desperate for food, it will literally die without it. Your spirit needs to be fed every single day. 
Every single day, you need time, deep, deep time in the Word of God. In fact, let me just point out this little phrase. Jesus, Jesus said that, that, our, that uh, we live, notice this little three word, by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Now, by every word, this is not a deep study, but, but just looking at it, the word by there literally means on. The word every is a really great word because it's the Greek word pante, and it means every single little thing down to the smallest, most minuscule detail. And, and then the, the term word there is the Greek word where we get rhema, and it literally means living words. So if you're kind of doing a deep dive study, which I do these all the time, here's what the expanded translation sounds like. It says, a man's life flourishes as he consumes every part down to the smallest detail of the constant stream of living words that are coming towards him from the mouth of God. We're more desperate for these conversations with God. Times where the word of God is in front of us, opened up, but we're not just reading what the Bible says, ink on the page and doing a mental exercise. We're starting and saying, Holy Spirit, come and feed me today. Come and clean my, the deepest part of me today. Come and send those nutrients into every single little part of, of what I need today so that I have everything that I need so that I can face the day and I can be victorious and I can be full of joy and I can be confident and moving forward. This is exactly what the Bible teaches the importance of the Word of God is. We understand this with food, right? We don't really think all the time. Some of us are uh, a little more conscious about, you know, the health and what vitamins and what neutrals we need and, and you've got a really strategic plan and boy, I celebrate that. That's a wonderful thing. But lots of times we're, we're just eating things that taste good. We're eating things that are pleasant for us and we don't think about, you know, the concentration of vitamin D or vitamin A or what minerals are coming in or what kind of antibodies. And we're not really thinking about all that. We're just trying to eat a pretty good balanced diet. But we don't think all the time about when we're reading our Bible. We read a verse and we think, isn't that interesting? Isn't that fascinating? And what we're not thinking about is as the verse gets inside of us, it breaks down into all these little microcosms of things that we need and fuses to every part of the inside of us to bring strength, to bring confidence, to bring healing. We don't think about that. But that's exactly how the Word of God works. And Jesus is trying to emphasize that. And you might say, ah, oh, you know, Pastor, I, I'm not sure that I really believe all of that. You know, I was like reading the Bible, I'm sure that's good and everything, but I, I, don't, I don't know if I really believe it's all that you're saying it is. Well, respectfully, let me just say it doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. That's how it works. You, you can say, ah, I don't really believe, you know, a balanced diet. I don't really believe it's all that. You can say whatever you want. But this is the way God's designed it, and it works. And the Bible's full. Almost every person, every patriarch uh, in the Bible, God either spoke to them directly or spoke through them to his people about the high priority of practicing and prioritizing putting God's word in your heart and in your mind on a very regular everyday basis. He talked about it all the time. And to the point that we kind of gloss it over and we think, ah, oh, you just talk about devotions, you know, and, and I tried that. And well, if you tried it with your head, I can see why you probably got frustrated. But if you sat down and you said, Holy Spirit, I just need you to talk to me today. I need you to feed me today. I need you to hydrate me today. And you begin to allow the Holy Spirit to speak. Then the Bible says that this thing begins to come alive and it works just the way it's supposed to work. All right. So uh, now I'm going to ask you to go to Proverbs chapter four, because before Jesus made this statement over 700 years earlier, Solomon's writing about this very thing in Proverbs. 
And he starts the beginning of the chapter by saying uh, to his children, I'm going to pass some wisdom on to you that my dad, David, passed on to me. I watched it in his life. I've used it in my life. And I'm telling you, this is tried and true. This works. Now I'm passing this wisdom on to you. And the wisdom he's going to pass in the latter half of Proverbs chapter 4 has to do with the importance of allowing the Word of God and time with the Holy Spirit to bring wellness to every part of your life. And then once you have that set up and that flow begins to happen, then do everything you can to guard and protect that because there's a danger that as life begins to move the way it's supposed to, the blessings begin to come and wellness begins to flow to you and you're not frustrated, you're not depressed, you're not discouraged, you're not in fear, but you, you know, you're starting to feel pretty good, like pretty optimistic about life and I think this is actually going to work. There's a danger to drift. There's a danger to start moving towards the things that you really want rather than staying in line with what God's trying to do and let God shape and let God uh, uh, mold you from the inside to the outside. And so this is what Solomon's going to talk about. So we're going to read starting in verse number 20, verse number 20. And again, the first thing Solomon's going to emphasize for the first few verses is how important this daily time, saturating yourself, soaking yourself in the Word of God and in the presence of the Holy Spirit, how, how, how important this is. So verse number 20, he says, My son, give attention to my words and incline your ear to my sayings. Now let me just stop. When he says, give attention to my words, that's a Hebrew word that reflects a living, a living phrase. That, that reflects somebody who's talking to you right now. Something that's being said and communicated in the moment. He says, pay close attention to that. But then he also says, incline your ears to my sayings. And that's a different Hebrew word. That particular Hebrew word is talking about statements that have already been made or statements that have been established and written. In other words, he's saying, uh, in, for us contemporary, when you open your Bible and you're reading the written words of God, lean into that and listen, but pay particular attention when the Bible begins to talk to you. Dr. Jack Hayford says it this way. He says, whenever you're reading your Bible, you want to be careful to listen to the word inside the word. And if you've ever spent any time in devotion, I mean, just the best you can. I'm not saying you have to master it, but just sitting down saying, Holy Spirit, talk to me today. And you begin reading the word of God. You usually don't get a long ways into it. And all of a sudden a scripture just pops. And you're like, why is that one? What? That one's like, I've never seen it like that before. And what you're experiencing is the word of God. You're reading the word, but the word's reading you. And the word's saying, Here, here's something you need today. You need to grab this. You need to get it on the inside of you. You need to begin to think about it. Whatever you have to do, don't let this one slip. And that's really important that you recognize it because as you begin to hear the word of God speaking to you, that's when the power of the word of God is activated for you. That's when you have the opportunity to get the word of God down in you and let it begin to fuse every part of you with whatever it is you need. And so Solomon's telling his kids, whatever you do, pay close attention to this. Don't neglect it. This is really important. Pay close attention to this. But notice he goes on in verse 21 and he says, do not let them depart from their, your eyes. We would say it this way, whatever you do, don't let them out of your sight. Or let me, let me say it a little differently. Whatever you do, don't get distracted. 
Because if you've ever tried to, to set a devotional uh, schedule before, you know that distractions become premium. I mean, you'll say, okay, that's it. Tomorrow morning, you got your Bible there. You got your pen there, maybe a couple of highlighters. You got your journal there to capture something from the Lord. You get your coffee. You sit down. Okay, it's me and you, Lord. And here we go. The phone rings. Somebody gets up earlier than they normally do, and they need to talk to you about something. Or your mind starts drifting, and you're thinking, oh, I got, to, I got that meeting today. I got to make sure. Don't forget. And you got to pick up the dry cleaning, too. But if, you don't, if you're not back by 3 o'clock, your mind just goes all over the place. Distractions. And so the first thing he says is make sure you pay attention to the Word of God, but particularly listen when God begins to speak to you. And the next thing he says is whatever you do, don't get distracted. Don't allow distractions to come in because they're going to come in every time. Then he says, keep them in the midst of your heart. In other words, take those things that God's saying and pull them down on the inside. Fight for that. Bring that down on the inside. And, and he said, and keep them, process them in what you're thinking about during the day and what you're talking about and, and you know, what your focuses are during the day. And you say, why? Why is this so important? He goes on and tells us, verse 22, for or because they are life to those that find them. Now, they're not life to everyone, but they're life to those people that find them. And by the way, the Hebrew word for life isn't this big, broad term. It literally means this is what brings the living component. This is what causes you to begin to flourish. Something begins to rise on the inside and brings you to life. It says they're life for those that find them, but listen to this one, and health to all their flesh. That word health there in the Hebrew is literally a word that refers to a medicine that brings healing properties. And so Solomon's telling his kids, man, I'm telling you, I watched this in my dad, King David. This is what he did when he was singing to the Lord, when he was ministering, when, when he was worshiping. God. I watched what he did and he put it in me and I've, I've done this and now I'm passing it on to you. Whatever you do, pay attention to the word of God and particularly listen when the word of God begins to speak to you. Don't let anything distract you. Keep that right in the middle of your focus and pull it on the inside because if you'll do that, it'll cause life to begin to flow up from the inside and literally healing begins to come to every part of your body. This is not me making this stuff up. This is not just poetic literature. This is literally how this works. And here Solomon is 700 years before Jesus said, you don't understand more than your physical body needs food. Your spirit is desperate to be able to feed from the Word of God and to hear from the Holy Spirit, you need this. And so here we are with Solomon. So the first three verses, he's emphasizing and establishing how important this is and how real and how vital this is for us. But then he shifts gears in the next verse and he begins to say, now once you've got this, verse, this, this flow established, he said, you're going to have to fight to protect it because the enemy's going to come in. He doesn't want you to have that connection. And so he's going to come in and cause all kinds of things to try to interfere and you're going to have to, to be able to protect that. So here's four keys that will help us to protect God's purpose for health and prosperity. Remember again, the first two purposes of God, he wants to show you that he loves you. You know why God wants to speak to you in your devotion? Because good dads talk to their kids. Not always correction. If you've never heard the Lord whisper things to you like how much he loves you and how proud he is of you, you've never experienced the intimate relationship with God. I'm just telling you, man, he'll, he'll convince you of that. 
But God wants you to read his word to understand what he's promised you so you can step out in faith and watch God do exactly what he said he would do. These are things that begin to to prosper us or mature us or make us well from the inside out. And so once that begins to happen, here's the next thing you shift into. Uh, The first one is guard your heart to guard your heart. Now you've got that connection with the Lord now, and you've got your devotions. You're kind of just getting it going. Now guard that. Don't let anything interfere. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says, keep, or literally it's the word guard in the Hebrew. It's kind of a law enforcement or a military term. It says, keep your heart, notice, with all diligence. And the word all diligence is two words, but it's actually one in the Hebrew. And it's a really interesting word because that sounds like a verb. It sounds like action, right? Be diligent, be consistent. But really in the Hebrew, it's a noun. And, and if you, you would paint a picture of what the Bible is trying to get across to us, it literally says the way that you guard your heart is you build yourself on the inside this watchtower. You build yourself this gate And nothing gets into the heart and nothing gets out of the heart unless it goes through the watchtower. You're intentional about filtering the ideas and the thoughts and the things that you view and the things you listen to and the things you participate. Nothing comes into the heart that doesn't pass the the filter of the word of God first. And nothing comes out of the heart that doesn't first pass through the filter. It says the way that you guard your heart is you put up a watchtower and you're just meticulous to watch everything. You say, why is that so important? Listen to what it says. For or because out of it springs the issues of life. Other translations say out of your heart literally flows the wellsprings or the originating source of what brings you life from the inside out. It's all flowing from the heart. Now, listen, it's not literally your heart. Your heart's just the reservoir or the connection. It's the Word of God. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. That's what infuses you with life. But the heart is the connection point, not just the mind. You can't just think about it and say, wow, that's really interesting. You've got to get it down in the heart where it begins to infuse itself into your life. And that's where the connection point is. I like to think of it like it's the main connection to the water line that that feeds my house. Once I get that main connection done, everything else comes through and it just goes to every single pipe that it's supposed to in the house. So I can turn on a faucet. I can flush the toilet. I can take a shower. I can go in the backyard and turn the hose on because the main connection's hooked up. The water's flowing and everything else is getting the resource that it needs. That's what the Bible says your heart is. Connecting your heart allows the word of God, the healing properties, the encouragement, the wisdom, the insight, everything you need to flow to every area of your life so that when you need it, it's there and it's available for you. You say, but why is it that we have to guard that? Why, why is that so important? Okay, we're going to leave Proverbs for a minute. And we're going to look at something the Apostle Paul told us in Galatians chapter 5. And this will resonate with you. Every single one of us have experienced this. In Galatians 5.17, he says that the, lust, that the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And notice, these are contrary to one another so that, or to the point, uh, that you do not do the things that you wish. 
So if you've ever wondered why, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll listen to something and, and you'll feel the Holy Spirit say, you know what, you, you need to spend more time in the Word. I know, I know I do, I know I do. Okay, you know what, starting tomorrow, I, I'm really going to begin to do that. And for the rest of this week, I'm going to make it a point every single day, every single day. And then tomorrow comes and you don't do it. And the next day comes and you don't do it. And you got this wrestling match going, yeah, but I really want to do it. I really want to do it. But something on the other side, yeah, but I really want to stay up late and binge on Netflix too. Or I really don't want to get up. I want to hit my snooze button three or four times. Or, you know, I'm just, I'm just not feeling it this morning. It's like, you know, I'm reading, but it's not really popping for me. And, but you're, you've got the flesh part of you and you've got another part of you that wars and wrestles against each other all the time all the time, to the point that more often than you want, that flesh wins. And the very thing that you know you should do, that you really want to do, you don't do. But, but here's the big question then, but how do I fix that? How, how is it that the flesh keeps winning and the spirit's not winning? How do I fix that? Well, we're going to back up one verse. In verse 16 of Galatians 5, Paul says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And walking in the Spirit's not some big, mysterious, you know, process. Walking in the Spirit literally means to live your life infused with the spiritual things that's going to build your spirit up. And here, here's just the bottom line. When your spirit's malnourished, and your spirit's not getting any of that life source it needs, but you're giving all of it to your flesh. I mean, you're just making sure that you're, flat, that you're feeling good and you're doing the things you want. Listen, when it's time to wrestle, guess who's going to win? But if you start feeding your spirit, your spirit begins to grow. When the wrestling match starts, the spirit will look at the flesh and say, you hush up now. We're going to do the right thing. You, you will not give in to temptation because you've fed and you've nourished your spirit and you're strong enough now to, to engage that temptation and say, you just hush up. We're, we're not, we're not going to be distracted. We're going to do what we know is right. And this is exactly what the Bible says happens. So Solomon says, listen, when you get that connection established, then you've got to guard it. You've got to set up a guard post. You've got to watch everything that comes, comes in and comes out to make sure your spirit is getting fed you're getting nourished, and you'll, you'll be amazed at what happens. All of a sudden, you'll be transformed or changed from the inside to the outside. You won't wrestle as hard as you did before. You'll just be able to make great decisions, and the Word of God begins to flow. So the first one's guard your heart. Here's the second one, guard your words. Guard your words, Proverbs 4.24 says, Put away from you a deceitful mouth, and put perverse lips far from you. I think this one's especially important in today's culture, because another translation says it this way, and you can hear it. It says, don't bend the truth or say things that you know are not right. Now, I'm telling you, this, this is one of the biggest temptations for Christians right now. We can read the Bible. God, God doesn't mince words on a lot of things, and we can read, and we know what's right and wrong according to God's Word, and we say we're Christ followers, that God's Word is true. This is the holy Word of God. But then we get out of the culture, and they're introducing some ideas, and we're like, ah. And we're trying to kind of figure out how do we phrase this so we can not, you know, abandon God, but we can not be, you know, weird in the culture either. And the Bible's just pretty clear. Listen to me. You never, ever, ever should bend the truth. You never, ever, ever need, need to say things or to dilute things that are contrary to what you already know the Word of God is saying is not right. Now, let me show you why this is so important. 
In Luke 6, verse 45, Jesus makes this, this big statement. It's in a big context. We're not going to grab the context, but you can go back and check it. But the statement he makes is, he said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. I can be in a conversation with you, and I'll just be quiet, and I'll just listen. And if I get you talking long enough, I can tell you exactly what you believe. Now, when I rehearse it back to you, say, no, 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 I don't believe that. Well, no, no, you, you don't think you do because in your head you've said, no, no, I believe the Bible's true. But out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is telling me what you believe, what you really believe. And that's just true. By the way, that, that's, that's not a scary thing. That's a wonderful thing because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will tell you where you're at. We can read a scripture and say, nope, God's faithful. God's going to do it. And then we turn around and all we talk about to all of our friends and to our spouse is how challenging, how scary it is. I just don't know what we're going to do. And well, then out of the abundance of your heart, what do you really believe? You want to believe the Bible. You can see that God said it, but you're struggling right now. And out of the abundance of your heart, let me tell you why all that else that's important. Because whatever flows out of your mouth, your heart's listening to that too. In fact, your heart will believe you before it believes anybody else. You can get up in the morning and think, you know, I hate this outfit. Oh, I don't have anything else clean to wear, but I'm going to wear it. But I, I, look, I just look so bad in this outfit. And you walk out of the house and you get 10 people that say, oh my gosh, how, is that a new outfit? How come you don't wear that more often? And you think in your mind, you're like, oh, thank you, thank you. But you think they're only saying that because I look so bad. They're only saying that because, you know, they, they just don't want me to feel really bad about today, so they're trying to be nice. Listen, you'll believe you before you'll believe anybody else. And this is important because you can read your Bible and you can say, okay, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And then all day long, you're talking to the contrary and your heart's listening to you and saying, okay, so evidently that's not true. Evidently, we, 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 we believe it's written, but we don't believe it's actually truth. And so the Bible, so Solomon's saying here, listen, once you get that connection, you need to guard that connection, put up a watchtower, and then you need to pay attention and guard what's coming out of your mouth because that's going to tell you something about where you're really at and it's going to allow you to curb that and to feed your heart even more. That's why memorizing scripture is so important. That's why that meditating on it, biblical meditation, where you're muttering it, you're saying it back to yourself over and over and over and over and over again, it's so important because your heart gets to hear your mouth saying what you believe. And I'm telling you, this, this is really, really important and it really, really works. So the first thing is guard your heart. The second thing, guard, guard your words. Here's the third thing, guard your eyes. Guard your eyes. Proverbs 4 verse 25 goes on and says, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Now, I don't have time to get deep into this one, but if you want to kind of rewind uh, back in earlier in the year, we did a Finding Freedom series, and we did a whole study on this one. And we talked about how in the Garden of Eden that, uh, that Satan, the enemy, actually tricked Eve into sinning, and the way he did it was he began to talk to her about the thing that was forbidden, the forbidden fruit, and he began little by little to change her perspective. And the Bible says that Eve started looking at the tree and saying, well, I guess it's not that bad. I mean, actually, when I think about it, it kind of looks good. 
And the more she looked at it, the more she thought about it, she thought, you know what? I, I can actually see what, you know, what he's saying now. And I can see that if I eat this, somehow that's, that's going to be better for me. That's going to make my life better than before. And she ate the fruit. And you know what? The enemy uses the same thing on us. He takes the things from the word of God and he begins to twist them. Not just bad things, good things. He begins to twist them. And here's three areas I'm going to give them to you really quick. We don't have time to study them. But the first thing that he'll tap into your fleshly side is greed. So as God begins to bless, as things begin to happen and God does what he promised, then, then there's a part of you that says, man, if a couple of blessings are great, a whole bunch of blessings would be awesome. And you'll begin to chase the blessings to the point that you will compromise the word of God. You'll start paying more attention to the wonderful blessings and not to the wonderful blesser. And boy, that, that's a sure way to pinch that pipeline off and you'll find yourself right back in a mess again because you didn't allow wellness to flow. Here's the second one, uh, and we referred to it a moment ago, but it's unbelief. You, you can look at the word of God and you can receive encouragement and faith begins to rise and boy, I know God can do this and I believe he wants to do it for me. And then you look at the circumstance and it is huge and everybody's talking about it on the news. And this gets really, really scary, and you start listening to and believing more about what other people say, what the news people say, what the statistics say, and even what you're now saying, you believe that more than you believe what God said. And that's unbelief. You just don't believe. You believe that it's written in the Bible. You just don't believe that God really meant that to actually happen in your life. And that's unbelief. And here's the third thing. The third thing is fear. And it's fear of the future most of the time. But it's you're standing, you're trusting God, you're spending time with him every day. Lord, I'm just depending on you to do this. But as time keeps ticking on, you're afraid that God won't come through in time. Or he won't come through with enough of whatever you need in time. Or it won't come through the way you need it to be able to handle your situation to allow you to move forward. And so you begin to let fear squash out the faith that God has in you. These are three areas and they all have to do with your eyes. What you can see, what you perceive, and your perspective begins to change. And the Bible says, this is why Solomon says, whatever you do, keep your eyes on the word of God. Keep your eyes on what God promised. Guard your eyes. Don't let them drift into one thing or another. It, it's a lot of distractions. Sometimes it's going to take a lot from you. But you have to keep your eyes on the Word and say, nope, I'm keeping my eyes on Jesus. He's the one who started. He's the one who will finish this whole adventure of faith that he's taken me on. Here's number four. Number one, again, guard your heart. Number two, guard your words. Number three, guard your eyes. Here's number four, the last one, guard your activities. Guard your activities. We're in verse 26 now, Proverbs chapter 24. We just weren't walking verse by verse. Here's what he says. He said, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Let me translate it. Think about what you're scheduling into your life. <clears throat> Think about it. There's a lot of good things. But when the good things crowd out the best thing, you're going to create a problem. He says, ponder the paths of your feet. Think about all the activities and all the things that you're scheduling. And he said, and let all of your ways be established. That word means established, being intentionally prioritized. Intentionally created, set in the schedule. Be very, very intentional about that. And don't compromise the good for the best. Don't compromise that. And so, but, but listen, he goes on and he says this in verse 27. This one really applies. He says, don't turn to the right or to the left, remove your foot from evil. I want you to hear it again. 
Whatever you do, be intentional about your schedule and don't turn to the right and don't turn to the left, but stay on the straight path so that you can keep your foot removed or you can step away from the things that are going to cause you harm. Now, hold that thought for a minute and we're going to back up one chapter and this is where we finish. We're in Proverbs chapter 3. This is still Solomon talking. He's still talking to his children. He's still talking about the wisdom of God or the word of God spending time with with the Lord. And this is what he says beginning in verse 13. Listen to this. Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding, for or because she is more profitable than silver and yields better return than gold. So this applies to business stuff too. This applies to budgets. This applies to anything that's going to bring increase to your life. He said, you need to understand if you want to live the blessed life, find wisdom. Gain understanding because wisdom will will profit you in the long run much more than any financial, any, any of those things that are going to bring increase. But notice verse 15. He says, she is more precious than rubies and nothing you desire can compare with her. Not anything. She's in a class all by herself. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. But here's why I wanted you to to see the the left hand and right hand. Listen to verse 16. Long life is in her right hand. And in her left hand are riches in honor. Stop. Here's what this is telling you. When you will pay attention to the word of God and you'll listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, wisdom will come to your life and wisdom always comes with two hands. Never comes empty handed. Wisdom will always come with two hands. In her right hand, wisdom will show you how to live a healthier life all the way around. Wisdom will bring to you the medicinal purposes so that you can become well and healthy in your spirit, soul, mind, and in your relationship. You can become a healthy individual. Wisdom never comes empty-handed. Wisdom always comes with two hands. Right hand is long life, healthy, healthy, vivacious life. But wisdom always brings in its left hand riches and honor. And see, Christians don't understand this. They think it's just, it's just religious, right? It's just getting a little bit of inspiration. No, you don't understand. This is the key component. If you'll seek first the kingdom of God, wisdom will bring two hands and it'll bring all the things that you're looking for. Wisdom comes and brings those things. But whatever you do, when it's bringing those things, don't you dare turn to the right or turn to the left. You stay with wisdom. And if you stay with wisdom, wisdom will keep bringing this stuff. But when you turn to the right or to the left, then you're abandoning wisdom and you will no longer get that pipeline that keeps flowing uh, the wellness that God prevailed. Let me just finish up the passage and we'll end. It says, her ways are pleasant ways and all of her paths are peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And here's the last part we'll read. And those who hold her fast, not distracted, not allowing themselves to drift in any direction. Those that hold her fast will be blessed. Now, I've been saying this the whole time, and I'm going to say it in the last teaching as well as this one. Wellness, listen, was God's idea. God wants you to be healthy. God wants you to, have, to be prosperous. Not always talking about money, but that's not left out. That's part of that. God wants you to have these things, but it's going to require you spending time with God every single day so that your spirit can be fed, your spirit can be nourished, and when you do, wisdom will come and it'll always come with two hands. Can you imagine what your life would be? What if you really locked into this? What what if you just took 15 minutes a day? 15 minutes a day. 
And you got up and you opened your Bible and you say, Holy Spirit, I, I need you to feed me today. I need you to wash me today. Anything inside of me that's a little off, I need you to bring healing and restoration to me. Make me right. Make me right from the inside out. What if you open your Bible and you just begin to read your Bible and you listen for the word inside of the word? I'm going to tell you what will happen. Wellness begins to flow. Wellness comes to you and you find yourself over a period of time progressively getting healthier in your perspective, healthier in your understanding. Fear can't grab you so much anymore. Frustration doesn't, doesn't, you know, you're slippery. You can't, it can't get his hands around you anymore. You're not frustrated anymore. You're confident. No, no, no. I, I, God's doing something here. God, God's working. I'm, I'm just feeling more, more and more hope on the inside. These things begin to happen. Hope begins to move. A wellness begins to flow. And as it does, it comes with these two hands. Here's a better thought. What, what if you happen to be married? What if you and your spouse each, each agreed to do this? And then what if sometime during the day or at the end of the day, you stopped and you said, hey, let's just take a few minutes. Uh, what'd the Lord say to you today? Well, here, here's what he said to me. Ah, oh, that's so interesting because he was saying something totally different to me, but I can see how these connect. You know, tell you what would happen? Relationships would, would start coming together again. You wouldn't be fighting about schedules so much. You wouldn't be so stressed out about budgets and wellness would begin to flow to your, to your relationship. And when it flows there, it flows to your home. What if some of your kids got involved in this and you sat around the dinner table from time to time and said, hey, what have what you guys been catching in your time with the Lord? I'm just telling you, this is how wellness flows. And as it begins to flow, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit comes in and begins to move just like you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.